All right, well, good morning. Give me a minute here. We're going to set a couple things up. I know Allie's going to get really excited because we're going to do a whiteboard today. I've also, uh, since we're doing a little series here on parenting, uh, I've asked my wife if she would come up and team teach with me for the next two weeks. Um, so Jess is going to be up here this morning as well. She can come up right now if you want. Um, and we're going to talk about parenting together um, and uh, how we lead kids and others to Jesus. And so I'm going to ask Jess if she would start our time this morning by reading from James, um, which is just a, um, there's some wisdom here in James that we want to look at first as we think about how do we parent kids. Yeah, you might want that mic there. All right, James 3, 13 through 18 reads, Who is wise and has understanding among you? He should show his work by good conduct and with wisdom's gentleness. But if you have bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exist... There is disorder and every kind of evil, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism and hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Pray for us. Yeah. Father, I just pray that you would grant us even more grace in this time, that you would soften our hearts that tend towards pride rather than humility. And I pray that in this time, we would learn from you and that you would be our good teacher. I pray that your spirit would empower Tripp and I as we teach your word, that, Father, we are in great need of your grace uh, as much as anyone. And I just pray, Father, that this would be a time of of learning and growth and reliance on you and your wisdom and your spirit. Um, Father, open hearts now to be convicted, but also to be encouraged, um, knowing your great love for us and that it's your gentleness that leads us towards repentance, Father. And I, I thank you that you are a good father, and I pray that if we don't quite understand that today, we will walk away from this space and this room understanding it more and We will go out rejoicing, Father, that our joy would come from a proper understanding of who you are and who we are. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Oh, yeah. You can keep that one. Um, So Jess and I are going to be teaching for the next couple weeks, uh, not because we have it all figured out um, or that we have perfect kids. Um, You know our kids, they're not perfect. Um, We have been journeying with them for a little while now, probably longer than maybe some of you have been leading your kids. Um, we've worked with teens for a long time, um, but, um, but what we really want to do is kind of share some failures um, as well as what we've been learning through the Holy Spirit on how to lead um, children and how to lead others, um, disciple them in Jesus. And so if you missed last week, I want to remind you, if you want to go back um, and, and listen to that podcast, not because I want you to hear my podcast, but um, that doesn't matter to me. But um, it really kind of sets up a lot of what we're going to be talking about this week and next week. And so it's kind of a good foundation piece of, of what we've talked about. And so I want to just kind of remind you a few things to kind of set our time up this morning. Um, that remind you that you don't have to be a parent 
for this series to be applicable to you. Um, really, as we look at parenting, we're really talking about discipleship. Talking about discipleship through the lens of a parent-child relationship. And so the things that we talk about today um, are applicable for you as you disciple others. And which, by the way, is the way that we relate to God in a parent-child relationship. Um, and so if you're a child of God, you're called to disciple others um, and shepherd their hearts to see Jesus. So, and that's really what we're going to talk about as we think about parenting. Um, and so those same principles apply to those that you're caring for and those that you have influence over. So just quick review from last week. Um, let's go back and we think about this. Um, is really parenting and the gospel go hand in hand. Um, really the whole story of God is this really amazing picture of a parent relationship with God and his kids. And the gospel is about a parent-child relationship where God is saying to you and to me every moment of the day, you are mine, I love you, you're my beloved child. And since the beginning of time, God has been saying that to, to every human. He's been saying, I'm your daddy. I love you. You're my child. This idea of sonship and daughtership is so central to our understanding of who God is and, and, and how we relate to him. And so that as we think about that, the goal of parenting then and the goal of discipleship is really for people to grow in their understanding of the fatherhood of God. Really, if you want to grow as an individual, if you want to grow as a husband or wife, you want to grow as a parent, if you want to grow as a neighbor, you want to grow as a student, or you want to grow in anything in life, you need to grow in your understanding of the fatherhood of God. And as you grow in that, and as your love of that, and as you grow in your understanding of the fatherhood of God, you'll grow as a parent, you'll grow as an individual, you'll grow in whatever relationship or whatever role you play in life. And so that's kind of where... We, we kind of set up last week some, talked about that a little bit more, and I want to kind of continue that discussion today and remind us of, of really the great responsibility that we have to disciple others, but also an opportunity that we have, an opportunity, especially as we think about children, to grow and equip future followers of Jesus in understanding the Father's love for them. That really discipleship is not about just a class. It's not about some information. It's also modeled in life. And so that's not just for parents. That's for, for, all, for all people. And so what we are as a family are passionate about and, and model in our life is what others around and in this family are going to view and see as important and, and want to give their life towards. And so the love of the Father and the love of the gospel really needs to be the motivation for our parenting and for those that we're discipling all the time. And so that's the baseline. That's kind of where we left off last week with the goal of discipleship and parenting is for our kids to understand the gospel and we'd be training them in the gospel. What do you think are the practical implications of that? If you're new with us, when I ask a question, you're allowed to answer. This is uh, not just a class, so you're allowed to answer. Um, so what do you think the difference would be if, if how we would train our children or train others in a gospel understanding um, and, and growing in the love of the Father, if that was the main point. How would that look as you thought about, what's the practical implication of how that would look as you trained a child? Okay. Yeah, good. We talked about that some last week, right? That they, they would grow in their understanding and love rather than out of fear. And that would be the motivation of God's love for them rather than motivated by fear. Good. Yeah, what else? Feel free to answer too. Yeah, what was the question? What was that? the question? I mean, yeah, say it how you said it. Say it how I said it. Okay, well, I'll have to go back and listen to that. Um, what, what are the practical implications of how, this, how the main goal of parenting is that 
our kids would grow in their gospel understanding or grow in the fatherhood, the love of the father? How, How would that change the way that we disciple them and train them? Yeah, right? As we think, we're going to talk a lot. Next week, we're going to talk about the difference between disciplining and training and, and all those things. We're going to spend a whole week on that. Um, but yeah, that's a big piece, right? That like, rather than just tell them not to do something, we're going to give them the more reason why they should or shouldn't hit their brother or sister. We're always seeking to train their heart in the midst of that. Good. Yeah. What else? I think I wouldn't take the offense. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I don't think I would take the offense against me. Like, I wouldn't get as upset. Like, I wouldn't take it so personally. And when I take things personally, I get angry sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Would, I would not be angry. Yeah. I think that's how that would work out. Be less anger on our own sides as parents. Yeah, good. We'll talk about that some more like next week. What else? How do you think this would change the way we parent? Yeah. yeah, there would be a different type of relationship as the child grows in their understanding of, of that relationship of parent to the child. Yeah, good. My kid. What's that? They get God. Yeah, they get God, not us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and alongside of that too, right, they get that we're in need as well, right, that we're, we don't have it all figured out and that we're just in need of Jesus as they are. Yeah, good. Anything else? How this would change if that was the main goal? I think um, I would enjoy them more just because, not because they were performing for me or obeying me, but I would enjoy them for who they actually are in Christ apart from their sin because it wouldn't be against me. It would be an enjoyment, you know, instead of exasperation. Yeah, the motivation of why we love them would change, Right. We don't just love them because they're doing X, Y, Z. We're loving them because the Father loves us regardless of whether they're doing X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. So that motivation changes in that. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think you would just Yeah, it gives us the freedom as parents to actually live and be, and not have our identity based on how our kids behave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy must be a terrible parent. You've seen their kids? Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. Well, it makes brothers and sisters, as we are, love each other better rather than judging and being prideful about it. And I would say as well, it also puts responsibility on all of us as a family to be a part of discipling children because if we're a follower of Jesus, whether that's my kid or not, I want to point them to see the love of the Father. And so as a family, we get to do all those things together. Um, that. Mm-hmm. So as we think about that, I want to kind of transition us this morning to talk about and think about motives and, um, and, de- and what, what motivates a child, what demotivates a child, um, because the truth is that each kid is different. We've got four girls, um, and they're, every one of them are completely different. They have some similarities, but there's, they're different on how they interact and how they think and how they, they process things. And so we want to think about how do we take different personalities and different giftings and how do we bring them to the gospel and that's going to look different it's going to look different for each child but it's also going to look different in different stages of their life and stages of their life story and what we've kind of talked about this in the past um, and we didn't think about this under the idea of discipleship and being story formed that every person on this planet um, whether young or old uh, their life 
um, is revolves around a story and their view on that story. Um, and so whatever the most dominant story is in their life is what is going to drive them to do what they're going to do and, and drive their motivations and drive how they live and how, drive how they interact throughout the world and how they, and how they, how they process those things. Um, and so as we think about that idea, it's not just about that story, um, but it's how they view that story from their perspective. Um, you may have heard this example before, but um, there was three blind people and they were supposed to go up and feel an elephant to tell each other what it was like. And the one went up and, and felt the trunk and he said, oh, the elephant is like a snake, right? And so the next one goes up and, and they, they felt the leg and like, oh, no, the elephant is like a tree. And then the other one came up and he like hit the side of the elephant. And he said, no, the elephant is like a wall. It's like unmovable. And so each one of them had a different perspective on what actually the elephant looked like. None of them were completely wrong, but they just weren't complete and holistic in understanding of who they were. And so as we think about that, that each person is going to have a natural tendency towards an area of life that drives them and they're going to find value from and they're going to process the things that are going on in their life and their story from. And so I want to do this and talk about this under um, the idea of, of head and... Do you want me to write or no? Well, maybe. We'll see what happens. I don't whiteboard. Be- I do PowerPoint because my handwriting is so bad. Um, I used to have this giant whiteboard when I taught youth group all the time. And at the end, I would stand back and I'm like, I don't know how they understood a word I said up there. Because um, it was just all scribble. And it just may end up like that today, too. But we're going to start this way. Um, I want to talk about it under um, head, heart, hands. The other thing that happens when I write on a whiteboard, I can't spell. It's just like it stops from it's here. It's just to like when yeah. <laughs> any other time. <laughs> What'd you say? It's just like any other time. <laughs> yes, it is like any other time, but it gets worse is what happens. Yeah. So we've talked about this idea of head, heart, hands. Can you read that? All right, you want to write this yeah. up there? All right. <laughs> See, that's why I brought her. There's grace. There's that's grace, right. yes, there's grace. Her name is Jessica. <laughs> All right, just stay up there then. Um, she can be like Vanna White and she can uh, just like write stuff. Um, are you going to fix it or are you just going to leave it? Okay, I did it. Okay. All right. So we think about this idea of head, hard hands, right? We've talked about this idea in other aspects of life, but I want to think about this as we think about parenting, as we think about discipleship. So someone who... Their main focus is going to be head, is someone who, who are knowledge, where truth, where accuracy, um, where theology, um, um, intellect is going to be the main thing that, that they value and that they drive, that drive towards them. Um, and so you can, you can maybe kind of put all of that under one title. Um, you don't have to write all those down, but um, you can put it all under one title of, of teacher. Okay? Um, so we think about that's, that's someone whose tendency, that's going to be their main focus. That's the things that, that they value, that, that motivates what they do in life. Right? When, we go to, um, when we go to heart, that's going to be someone who really values input, values others, values feelings, emotions, um, meeting needs, um, people being cared for. Really, experience is the goal. Right? Experience is the goal of someone who, who's, whose main heart Main, main focus, main value rides around those. We're going to kind of title those under maybe shepherd is a good way to say it. I'm trying to use words that are helpful, that 
Just because I'm one or the other, like sometimes I'll have a tendency to put bad words on the other ones. So, so shepherds. And as we think about hands, um, as someone who, who values methods, who values structures, policies, getting things done, strategy, you know, skills, really action. They want to see a plan and they want to, they want to put it into place. So I want to kind of say that, that someone is, is an overseer. It's an overseer. So as we think about this idea, let's just kind of go back and talk a little bit about each one. So as we think about a person whose main focus is, is their head, um, that's what they value, um, what, what would that person value when it comes to parenting? That you got the story right. Like that as a child I'm telling you the story and you've got it right. Like yeah. Okay, we've got the, the, the justice. You, you might be over there. Yeah. Yeah, justice, and like you got the story right. What else? What's that? Logic. Yeah, I'm going to logically like make sure that they understand exactly what took place and why they need to do X, Y, and Z. Okay? Maybe that looks more of our job. Okay, can be. We're going to talk about dangers in a second as well, so we'll just save that. Um, Okay, yeah, so they're very making sure that, like, we get all of our papers in on time and they're all done right. And, and yeah, as long as we get A's, we're good to go. Yeah. Performance. Yeah. We can find performance in all of these different areas. It's just going to look different on how we think performance is, right, what, what it looks like to perform. Okay? So, all right, so as a parent, like, how's that parent going to make, like, try to put that onto a kid? Yeah, like we were talking about, how does that person, what is this value when it comes to parenting? Okay, so making sure that, that, they're, that they're understanding everything that's going on and you're spending time with them, with they're doing their homework and, and, and really kind of being that driving force in some of that. Okay, yeah. Critical? Okay. Yeah. These aren't bad things. Like none of these things are bad things. Don't, don't look at these. So as we think about... These are good things that, that a parent, you would teach your kid, right? And these are good things that we want to disciple people in. It, it's good to have those information. But what, what, what are some dangers of that? Of that? If, if that's just the only thing that we focus on, what are some dangers of that? Stress. stress? Okay, you may stress out a child who doesn't really have that same bent. Yeah, okay. Good, what else? Okay, as long as they have an answer... That's okay, but the rest of their life doesn't really matter. Okay? Okay, as long as they're doing the right thing, doesn't matter why. Well, this would actually be matter why. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of absolutes, right? Yeah, in that too, they'll tend to elevate a secondary issue on that. Yeah, good. What else? Okay, yeah, you can, you can put a lot of your own pieces onto a child and, and give them a lot of that. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I want to I just kind of, we're going to move on from this one because we'll run out of time. Um, but I, I want to say it kind of this way. Truth is greater than grace. You know how to make that a little greater than sign? Okay. <laughs> Jess doesn't do math well, so I can't spell and she can't do math. So that's why we work together well. Um, yeah, so truth is going to be more important than grace. All right? What about the heart? What, what, what is that person going to value when it comes to parenting? Okay? Are the kids happy? Yeah. 
Good. What? Their emotional state. Yeah. How are they feeling? Okay, they're going to really value relationship. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, they're going to really value, like, did I get to spend, like, where that kid talked to me and, like, really shared their deepest, darkest feelings? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. What else? Okay. Yeah, good. Experience becomes experience becomes a big, big thing. Yeah, good. Yeah. What else? What are some dangers if, if we just stay in that in that area? We lack truth. Yeah, if you have uh, grace over truth up there, you really have down here. You have feelings over truth, or 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 um, or emotions over truth. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. It can be a big people pleasing piece in that. Yeah, good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that part, that parent's emotions are going to drive what they think that child should think. Okay, good, yeah. I would say two parts of this can be, um, it's fear of bold leadership. Right? If you just hang out there, you're not going to be boldly leading because you're afraid of or like hurting someone's feelings in that. And so that, that can turn like to no clear vision at times. Yeah, yeah. How about hands? How about hands? Well, what would that person value when it comes to parenting, efficiency. Yeah, good. What else? What's that? There's no more hands, people here. I Acceptance. Think, I think someone's good at that. So. Okay. Yeah, it can be disparaging others. Yeah. That? yeah. I think we can. All these different things can do that too. Yeah. I would say independent on your own. Okay. Yeah, independence. Because your values, right? Yeah. Critical thinking. Okay. See, see what needs to get done and fixes it. Right? Like, can accomplish like the task that you gave them to do. Initiative? Yeah, they're going to have initiative. Yep. What are some dangers if we just hang out here? Yeah. Yeah. Lack of relationship, right? Lack, because we're missing out on the heart, right? So you really basically have, if you want to do that little thing again, you basically have structure over souls. Yeah, good. Yeah, if they can't get the task done, they're not valuable. Yeah, good. Yeah, a parent would be maybe quick to come in and just like, all right, do this now. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, just valuing the end product rather than the path along the way. Yeah. Okay, you can elevate traditions. Yeah, good. I, I would say too, this this can be someone who rarely encourages because they're so critically thinking about. Like, what is the minute piece that's broken or still needs to be done in it? So they're rarely encouraged. Even though they may see some of those things, they rarely encourage. Yeah. Okay. A sense of superiority. Yeah. So if we think about these things, I want to just kind of give you some mantras of what this person would, think of, would, would say. So if we want to think about, um, since we're down here on hands, a, a mantra for, for hands is, is get it done. Get it done. Uh, structure over souls. Yeah, um, the mantra for um, for someone who um, is a shepherd over there is is just I will love people. That's the mantra. I will love people, and the mantra for the head is I will figure it out. I'll figure it out. Figure it out. 
So as you think about these things, often, the, you know, these can be... Oh, there's a lot of stuff up there now. Um, okay. Um, we can kind of get caricature in each one of those categories, but I think oftentimes we're a mix of them, right? We're, we're not just one or the other. And so I want to think about kind of some mixes in these. Um, and as we think about the head and the hand mix, you can kind of maybe if you want to do like this way, like you can right here. Okay. You can fit something on there. It doesn't look anything like the diagram that I have up here, but uh, it's all good. Um, so the mix between a head and a hand, I want to I label this person as the martyr hero. The martyr hero. So the pros to that are, are this person is going to be productive, they're going to be efficient, they're going to be effective, they're going to thrive on praise and accomplishment, there's going to be a power that's going to control, they're going to on reputation. The problem with that is that, that they can be very legalistic, um, reactionary, they lack emotion, or often the desire to love people and relationships because they're cut off from the heart on this other side. Put it on the wrong side. Should be over here. Yeah. yeah, they're cut off from the heart. Right. If we think about a head and a heart person, that's the other side you had there. I want to I want to say that's an idealistic dreamer. All right, so, so they're going to be loving, they're going to be shepherding, they're going to be loyal, they'll thrive on relationship, on life changes, on, on approval, being the one that, that gets to speak into someone's heart. Um, but the cons of that is there's going to be no organizational focus. They're going to lack systems, they're going to be impulsive, um, they're going to lack really the getting it done of things. And so productivity falls behind because they're cut off from the hands. Right, and then the other, the other one on the bottom here, um, hard and hands, and it says a passionate zealot. So they thrive on being available, being free, um, being able to care for people's needs. They thrive on activity, implement, implementation, uh, being in the moment, being available, being sought after. Um, the cons of that is they can forget vision. Um, they they can they can miss motive. Um, they'll lack the why behind the vision. They'll be doing things and they'll be caring for people, but they won't know why at times. So as you think about this, where, where do you see yourself on this list? Jess, where would you put yourself? Um, it's hard, hard to determine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm here. here. Okay, so a head shepherd. Okay. Or head, head heart. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm more on the bottom. I'm... I'm a hands and hands and heart guy, so I'm, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find myself here more as a passionate zealot at times. Um, what about you? Where would you put yourself? Anyone want to put yourself on the board? What you got, Philip? You're with Jess, okay? <laughs> got some idealistic dreamers around here, okay? Yeah. Where you at, Allie? Okay. Yeah, I would see. I would see that. Yeah. How about you, Sasha? You're the same. Okay. You're the martyr hero. Okay. Yeah. You're gonna just go in and you're gonna die for it. Yeah. Good. Okay. What else? You're another martyr hero back there. Okay. Yeah. Who else? Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about. We're gonna talk about that. How do we swing in a second? Yeah. What else? How about your kids? Where would you put your kids on there? 
Okay? All in motion? Yeah. Yeah, it depends on their ages. You're going to see some of those things grow. Yeah. Ellie, Ellie is going to be probably, she's going to be the, uh, yes, yeah, it's okay. She's, she's going to be a martyr hero. Ellie's very much about the head and the task. She could care less about your heart um, and your people. Um, not that, you know, at times, you know. Um, yep, we're going we're gonna to talk, hopefully we get to Jesus. We're running out of time. We're going to get there, I, I promise. We're going to talk about Jesus. Um, um, I would say Noel is going to tend She's going to be down here, a passionate zealot, where, where I am. She's going to probably be more on the heart side. And I'm going to be a little bit more on the hand side of that. But she she likes to get things done, and, and but she really feels for people's hearts. Um, I'd say Jocelyn is a hard one. Where do you think Jocelyn fits? Figuring her out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Being the youngest, she's going to take stuff from others as she's still growing into her own kind of piece. What about Victoria? Where do you think she fits? Yeah, Victoria's going to be an idealistic dreamer for sure. Yeah. How about your kids? What do you think? Where would they fit? Robin, you said you were over here as a martyr. Where? Where? May not know yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's. Okay. Yeah. So as as they're younger, they may hang out in like in just one rather than a, than a mix of them as, as they grow. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, good. So as we think about this and just like even think about Jess and I are on different parts of this, this scale, my guess is that your spouse is probably on a different part of the scale as well. Um, how do you, why do you think this matters when it comes to parenting or when it comes to discipling others? Okay, yeah, so it helps us both grow and by seeing our blind spots, but also can can lead to disparaging others because they're not doing what we would do. Yeah, good. How else is this important? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we really have this opportunity, right, as if you're on one side and your kid is on the far other side, that we could really be speaking into their life and not really caring for them well by trying to force them back into the way that we think yeah. 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 But I think I think it's such an opportunity because we see we're in one side and we see we don't have the other side. Like that, it's just like asking the spirit to give us wisdom in it, and just like relying on the spirit, especially when we're parenting, when we're discipling people in our DNA. You know, like I need to like. Yeah, I think as we think about this, really this big idea that, that we need an individual plan for each person's growth, right? I mean, if they really want to grow them in the understanding of the fatherhood of God, if God is all of these things and we're only one side or whatever part, we need to have a plan of how we're going to encourage and how we're going to grow the gospel in each one of of our children's lives or each one of the lives of people that we're discipling. Because the reality is that, that each one of these has different idols. Each one of them has, has a sin, has a self-focus. But all three of them really, as we spin out their idols, end up with me as the functional savior. It's, if it's the head, it's right like, if, how can I fix it? How can I fix how they think? Or, or if it's the heart, it's say, it's say, 
what's the right thing to say? How can I fix their heart? Or if we think about structure, like what if I just fix the situation, then they're gonna then they're gonna develop, right? But it all really becomes about what we can do. And really, the greatest danger of that is really. It's like the second time you almost fell today, or you did fall today. Um, is the the greatest danger is really is if we do succeed, if we set up where they say the right thing and they and we fix the right thing, or they rest in their ability to to, and we end up drawing kids or other people to us and not to Jesus. That's the greatest danger is that we would reproduce ourselves rather than reproduce God. And they don't need any more trips running around. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and, and the truth is that, that each of these aspects, the head, the heart, hands, are from God. First Corinthians talks about this. I wonder if you can put that up. Um, talks about how God gifts each person um, and how they're valuable. And, and look at what it says in verse 4. Thanks, Brianna. Get it done. I may not be done. Um, The first first Corinthians uh, uh, says this. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I want to say that the common good here is that we would use the ways that God has wired us and the way that God has equipped us to point others back to Jesus. Where, whereas individually, we would holistically call each other to see Jesus together. That's part of being in a family. That really all three of these H's, the head, heart, hands, are, are equal and they're needed in, for equipping each other in the gospel. Right? That, that we really would think about the middle, if you want to put the middle up there, oh, fine. It's okay. You don't have to worry about it. Um, yes. It's just someone where they would be developed, where they're they're holistic and they're healthy, where where all of these elements are part of their life. Where it's really the key with this person in the middle, it's okay. Um, where that that posture would be that they're dependent, right? That really that that they would be growing towards all three of those things. And I think as we grow and mature, even though I'm a passionate zealot. I oftentimes um, play um, in the head area, right? Like part of my job is to like pass head information down, right? That's part of my job um, to do that. And so as I think as we grow and as we mature, the triangle shrinks and it may shrink lopsided some here or there, um, but, but we want to be growing and in independence. And really, I think that what that looks like is walking in spirit dependence. Some of you guys have said that, just said it, I think others, no, it's fine, um, where we'd say, I need God. I need others. I can't do this alone. The Spirit, will you change me to become more like Jesus? Will you help us train our children and others to understand the fatherhood of God? And as I think about spirit dependence and I think about this idea of discipleship, I, I want to really say that, that a person who's going to hang out in the middle, who is spirit dependent, who's growing holistically in these, is someone who's going to pray a lot. And prayer is going to be a big part of their life. In James 5, it says the, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. The prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Do you believe that's true? Do you believe that's true? As you think about that in your own life, how often do you pray for your kids that they would grow in the gospel? Not that they would just grow in selfish reasons so that they would look the way you want them to look. Or that they would act better but they would truly know the love of God. When, when we pray, when we pray 
scriptures over them. In the scriptures, we see this idea that, that, that the truth is that God can do more in five seconds than you can do in five years of training. Do you believe that's true? Do you believe that your prayer can work 5,000 times more fruitful than you sitting down and explaining to your child or explaining to the one you're discipling why their heart is running after something else? Do you spend time praying for your kids? Do you spend time praying for those that you're discipling, whether that's in your DNA groups or in your missional community or wherever that may be, those that, that you've been called to influence and called to lead? I want to encourage you to pray for people that you have influence over. If you're a parent, I want to encourage you to pray for your child, that they would be discipled in the gospel, that you would pray for them daily by name, that you would pray that they would believe the gospel, that you would pray that they would understand their identity as an adopted child of God. We we talk about these identities, that you would pray pray those identities over them, that they would grow as a family, that they would grow as 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 a missionary, as they would grow as learners, that they would grow in their understanding of the purpose of their existence, that the gospel power would come into their life and that they would become a follower of Jesus and they would live that purpose out in the everyday. That, that, we would, that they, you could pray that they would be guarded by the gospel, that their life would be, um, would be growing in those things, that we would pray for their sanctification, that we would pray for, the, for them to fulfill the biblical responsibility of what it looks like to walk as a man of God or walk as a woman of God, that we would pray for their future spouses, that they would be people that would lead them in that and that would, they, would, they, would, they would desire that and they would look for that as they think about who they would choose to walk life with. I think we have a great chance to teach our kids what it looks like to pray. That that praying in the moment, praying in the moment of discipling them, praying in the moment as as you're talking to them about what's going on and why they're not living the way God has called them to do. I can tell you as as I as I work with my kids, there's times like I'll sit down, we'll have a forty five minute conversation, and they're still like this. Like, nope. They'll have well they'll have answered questions. They give me the right answers, but still say, no, I don't want to choose that. I know that God loves people that way, but I'm not going to love my sister that way. And yesterday I was working with one of them, and we started having a conversation. And about 10 minutes in, I'm like, this is not going anywhere. We've gone around four times, and it's the same thing. Um, and so I just stopped right there, and I, and I just prayed for, for her. And, and prayed that God would change her heart in that. And then... Out loud, right? Yeah, out loud. Yeah, we want to pray out loud. I think you can be praying in the moment as you're, as you're talking. Sometimes that's hard to do. Um, but, but we do. We stop and we pray out loud with them. We pray in the moment that God would change their hearts in that. And you know what? The results that I wanted to see didn't happen right then. But later in the day, God used that, and she came back and talked about those things. But if we continued, we'd have spent another 45 minutes, and we never would have gotten anywhere. So sometimes we pray for them and let them go. Because I know that, that me trying to convince them is not going to work. And sometimes they'll get to the point of repentance and, the, and they'll confess and, and we can pray together and I'll have them pray and, um, and, we'll, and I'll pray for them afterwards. As you think about praying for your kids as you put them to bed, there's opportunities that you have to train them in all these things in the gospel and how we pray for our children. Do we really believe that the, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective? If we truly believe that, it's going to affect the way you change. And it's going to affect the way that you deal in your life with your kids. 
It's going to affect the way you disciple people. Otherwise, you're just going to say that's a bunch of head information that you actually you don't actually truly believe it in your heart if you're not living it out in your hands. Um, that was a big rant. Um, but it's true. I, I want to ask Jess to share um, a little bit about praying for kids and what maybe your mom prayed for you and how that's played out in your life. Um, um, yeah, I think, too, every time I sit down and I'm, like, exasperated because my kids have hard hearts about something, and I literally go in the room, and there might be four of them in there. We might have two. Well, there's always two. Um, well, not always. Well, with me, there's... <laughs> sorry. Anyway, whoever's the issues that with... That goes that dream room. Whoever the issues with, there's times where I... And I pray over them. I said, we're just going to pray. And one time, they were talking, and one of them said, Mom, can you just pray? <laughs> She's like, can we just... We know where this is going. None of us are repentant and... Her attitude was like, just pray because let's that, skip that all the, get it over with. let's skip all. Uh, yeah, exactly. But she wanted out. to skip over the other stuff. <laughs> um, that, that was probably happening too. But at the same time, like, oh, maybe she does understand that the prayer is the only thing that happened. But every time I pray over something out loud and I pray about what their heart issue is, I am always convicted and I'm the one praying and crying and at the moment I'm praying for them, I'm confessing my own sin, which happens to be the same sin they're dealing with, just completely different, but the same heart issue, if we're looking at hearts. And it, it's so much more effective when I'm confessing my own sin out loud to my child who is having that same sin, that the Spirit then has convicted me and changed me. You know, And I'm like, oh, apparently this wasn't about my kid. <laughs> This was more about the love of a father toward me and the love of the father towards her, you know. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last week. But our kids, the, those are those that you have been given to disciple. God gave you those because he was after your own heart. Not just because he needed you to, to, to fix them or disciple them. God doesn't need you to disciple them. God doesn't need you to fix their hearts or to fix anything that's going on in their life. They were given to you as an opportunity by God to see the own mess and your own need in that. Amen. And as, as we see that, we call them back to Jesus so they would see that need of it. But it's not just a one-way relationship when it comes to parenting, when it comes to discipling others. Yeah, yeah I, a caveat, along with as we live in community and family and good family, there's a lot of conflict that comes up. You guys know what that looks like. And um, a lot of time the conflict, and I say this to my girls when conflict comes up, I said, your sister is a gift from God to you because she's revealing your own heart. And the same as we're a gift of God from each other, when we brush up against each other and get upset with one another, we are gifts of grace to one another that thank God he's allowing that person in my life to kind of show me where I need Jesus. And I say that to the girls, your sister is a gift from God. He will not allow you to go on in this. And he has given you a sister that just drives you nutso because he loves you so much. Vice versa with all of us. Vice versa. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. And I would say that too. I think there's that idea, right? That like oftentimes as you're discipling or training your children, the things that you see in them whether it's your own stuff that like comes up, like you, it's going to like drive you to the wall, or the stuff that comes up that you already disparage about your spouse. And I would say your children have the same thing. If, you know, if your kid is just on the head and 
and someone and you're just on the heart there's a piece where they're going to disparage the way that you're caring for them and they're and you're going to disparage the way that they're thinking and so we need the spirit to change our hearts and we need to understand that we both need each other in order to have a holistic picture of understanding of who the father truly is yeah. um, okay. um, I, I just want to we're going to end um is that I want to call us and remind us that we have a great opportunity. We have a great opportunity to see real change when we pray. To see God do the work that only God can do. And we, we started with the book of James, and I want to just go back and read verse 17 and 18 and remind you what a wise person looks like. Because a wise person is one that's going to walk in all of these things. And James kind of lays out for us what that's going to look like, what a gospel life is going to look like, as we think about um, a wise person, as we pray for our kids and as you disciple your kids and you disciple those that, that you have influence over, hopefully you're, 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 you're calling them and you're praying for them to be a wise person because we know in Scripture a wise person is someone who loves God, who lives in his purposes and, and follows God with his entire life. That's what Proverbs is all about, the fool and the wise, the one that's wise that actually follows the Father's instructions, who, 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 who calls where we call them to be wise and, and back with God. And so I want to just read verse 17 and 18 as we kind of close, and then I'm going to pray. And verse 17 and 18 says this, But the wisdom from above is first pure, and it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, it's full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who, who make peace. As you think about the way you parent, as you think about the way that you disciple others, as you think about your children, like, are we really praying for these things? Are we seeking that this would be the way that we would live with them and the way that they would develop living in their own life, where they would be people of full of mercy, of great, of good fruits, who are impartial, who are sincere, who, who are peaceable, who are gentle, who are open to reason? Are you as a parent open to reason? Or are you just stuck in your perspective? Are, 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 are you sowing a harvest of righteousness by living in a peaceable manner with those that are in your household? Are you trying to drive them into the same box that you're in? And, and how you pray for them will we'll, we'll tell you what your heart is saying about that. I want to pray for us and then we're going to head to communion. Our Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you didn't leave us here alone and that you didn't leave us uh, just in our own perspective and our own gifting and that you didn't give us all of these things ourselves so that we would see our need of each other and we would see our need of you. Father, I pray as we think about discipleship, as we think about parenting, would you, would you change our hearts? We really desire to see the gospel go forward in, in ourselves and in those that you have called us to lead. Or would you make us people of prayer who truly believe what James 5 says? That we be people who, who are constantly in spirit dependence so that, so that our triangle would, would shrink smaller and smaller and smaller and we would look more and more like you. Our Father, we thank you that we've been made into your image, that that's the reality of who we are now. But I pray that you would grow our hearts and grow the way that we live so that we would live out the truth of that. Lord, I pray for the children that you have given us uh, to disciple in this room. Lord, I pray that 
that as a family we would lead them and point them to Jesus, that they would truly understand the fatherhood of God, and that they would truly know what, what the love of a good father looks like by the way that we interact with them and the way that we train them and the way that we live ourselves. But I pray that we be people that are quick to reveal our own need of you, quick to confess and repent in front of, of those that we are trying to lead. Our Father, we pray that you would do all these things and more. We pray these in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Um, before we head to communion, um, you guys can come up if you want. Uh, I was going to do this earlier and I forgot, um, but I want to pray for the Hagers. Um, the Hagers are going to be leaving us and moving to Seattle. Um, and they've been a part of our family for a while now. Um, and God has really gifted them to grow us as a family and to grow in our love of Jesus. And, and we want to pray for them as, as we send them out to Seattle to do that there, um, to be a part of, um, of leading people to Jesus in the Puget Sound area. Um, and in Seattle, where, where's Crisco? Oh, there he is. You guys want to come up and we'll pray for you? And um, hey, Jared and Robin and Jen and Patrick, if you guys want to come up and pray for them too. Yeah, you guys can sit down on these stools and we'll lay hands on you. How about that? <laughs> and if Hudson just pukes, it's okay. Just go with it. Yeah, just, just All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pray for them. The work that we've gotten to see you do in their lives um, over the last few years. Um, I just remember the first time or one of the first times they came to our family dinner and said something along the lines of, we're just not that mature yet and we haven't been Christians for that long. And from that point on, I've just noticed how mature they, not only they were, they already were at that point um, through realizing their need of you and, and how much more they had to learn, but how you've taken them since then and grown them as parents, as people who follow you and, um, and orient their life around you. Um, don't just um, ascribe belief or faith, but actually orient all that they do around um, what you've called them to do. And I just pray that we would get to continue to see that as they move to Seattle and as they take the, the step of having uh, Eliza move in with them. And I just pray for their house and the just the outpost that it will become for your gospel in the city and that you would gather like-minded believers around them to be on mission with them together and that um, they would get to continue living as a family with, um, with people who are their brothers and sisters because of what you've done um, in sending Jesus to uh, to purchase them into your family. I pray that they, the way they live will continue to um, display that to the people around them. God, I just thank you that they've been so just pursuing you still through all of the challenges this last month and uh, preparations to leave. And I thank you for Katie and just how she's always willing to just keep on going no matter what, even when, like, the you know what poop has really hit the fan this last month and i just i thank you for just her her drive and her spirit and i thank you that's from you and i pray that she would just take that with her to seattle and pursuit of people and pursuit of people's hearts and i pray that you would continue to grow the kids and 
also that just they would be a whole family unit and a team as they move into their amazing new home and just that it would be a place that would be open and just welcoming. And we know it will be um, and used for your glory, God. And we just thank you so much for them and everything that they've meant to us and yeah, and everything that you're going to do through them. His boldness, his his leadership. Um, I thank you so much for his vulnerability in this time of decision that we've grown so close to them in this time. I just praise you for that and know that they're going to do so much for the people um, up north, Lord, that they will be a, this beautiful picture of the gospel. Um, and I just, just pray so much grace for Chris and Katie in this new season, Lord. I pray grace for the children, for each other. Um, and that you would just protect them, Lord, make their home a safe place um, for the Spirit to dwell and protect them against the enemy. Um, just prepare the hearts of all those that they're going to impact, and they will. Um, yeah, I just thank you for these people, Lord, that have shown me so much about you, um, that work so tirelessly to love other people and put themselves last. Um, and... Yeah, I just praise you for them, Lord. God, I pray for your actual trip to Seattle. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that Hudson wouldn't throw up in the car. I pray that um, you would keep Katie awake, that you would use Eliza, who's serving them and going with them. I pray that you would already, just on the trip out there, really start to establish their family and relationship, and um, that you would just help them make it and um, that you would really stop the trials um, and that you would just make the road there be a road of grace and um, the start to just a beautiful season of grace too in Seattle. Father, thank you for Chris and Katie and for their children. Lord, I thank you that, um, that it hurts when they leave because we have experienced such great love uh, with them and from them. And so, Lord, I, I thank you for the pain of that. Lord, I pray that you would, um, would give uh, us grace as we mourn that and them as well. Lord, we ask that you um, would empower them through your spirit to grow your kingdom and to, to lead people to see Jesus in the Seattle area. Lord, I pray that you would give them fruit with their neighbors and with uh, their new co-workers. Lord, I pray that, that many people would come to Jesus and that your kingdom would grow in that area and that, that new, um, new converts would grow and be discipled in Jesus. And so, Lord, we, we pray for that. We pray that for their children, that their children would come to Jesus as well, and that they would, would walk in your ways and that, that they would be able to see them be baptized and, and to live out a life of submission to you. Lord, I pray for... For their marriage, Lord, I pray that you would continue to bind them closer together and that you would use the stories that you have allowed them to walk through, um, be just vibrant pictures of grace and, and restoration, and that they would be willing to share all of those things with others and that, um, that you um, would make yourself known um, through them. Lord, we thank you uh, this morning that we get to pray for them and that we get to send them out. And so, Lord, we pray that that you um, 
would remind us that you are ascending God and that you sent us each day. And so, Lord, I pray that you um, would equip them for what uh, you're calling them into next. Lord, I pray that they would uh, find a church family around them that would grow um, with them and that um, you would equip them through your spirit to know um, in wisdom where that should be and who to who to partner with. And Lord, we... Uh, we thank you for their lives, and we thank you for allowing us the grace to experience life with them over these past few years. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.